Welcome to another episode of episode. I'm going through puberty. The uh, vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. I am, of course, John Wayne. This is Christopher. I already Tr- said Ao. No, done. but you say your name now. Oh, Christopher Triana. Yeah, we got to work this whole intro thing out, folks. We'll I get it. This I is the second that episode. Had a name. This is the second episode. Uh, we are uh, excited to be back. Uh, I'm excited. Chris, okay. uh, I'm sure is excited. So oh. if you're back, like uh, as we've said before, this is an influx. We're figuring out the show right now. We're trying to get it down. I think so, it's perfect. You're right. Yeah, you know what? You're right. It's perfect. Um, so, so uh, Chris, it's uh, awesome to see you again. I love you to death. What are you doing, man? What's up? You look like you got. Uh, you look more and more like Wolverine every time I see you. Good. And, and I don't. Uh, I don't not like that. I'm just gonna yeah, say. Well, you know, you got to deal with it. Um, uh, I, I get that pretty much every goddamn day. It's because I grew mutton chops. In this day and age, you can't grow mutton chops without people referencing Wolverine. Okay, but seriously, though, no, dude, you do have a likeness. You got dark hair. You got the I eyes. Know. You look a little bit like Hugh Jackman's Wolverine, which is also complimentary of you being a sexy man because he's also sexy. Right. In keeping with the lightness of the show, we've been drinking whiskey and smoking weed. Uh, I forgot to say that. Yes. Well, that's the thing. We're always going to do this with this show. It's like we're gonna we're gonna drink whiskey, or at least I'm always going to drink whiskey. You're always going to smoke weed, um, and uh, I think that that kind of makes the show because the show. My doctor tells me I have to. And then there you go. You know, um, my uh, soul tells me I have to get drunk. Otherwise, I'm just going to cry and cry and cry. Um, you cry so- and then you cry again. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, at least like I get really like happy and excited and to do the show, and then when we're done, I cry. So it works out really well. But I uh, like that. Yeah, yeah. I'll masturbate while you're crying. Um, so yeah, so just if you're if you happen to just join in, I guess on the second episode for some reason, um, we are two uh, horror authors and and uh, some would say almost best friends, if not very very close good friends, brothers. If you read some dedications and books, some would call yeah. us brothers. Yeah. Um, and and we're here, you know, we love married with children. This was this teetered on the very very brink of just being called two guys in their forties talking about married with children. Yeah. <laughs> um, as we discussed before, but uh, the, the, there's a, a famous two two part episode story arc where where Kelly has a show called Vital Social Issues and Stuff with Kelly, and it goes uh, to all the way to NBS. Uh, and uh, of course, she fails because she's a Bundy, and that's what our show's kind of about. But it none is. of those. About, it's about failure. It's about two men failing terribly. Uh, no, like. The, the great thing about the show that she did is she thought she was doing something that was vital social issues uh, and like addressing things that really mattered. But because she was a teenage girl and, and, a, and a bimbo, uh, the show was very frivolous and the show was very silly and just covered fun stuff. And I like when we talked about it, we both agreed that we wanted to do something that was just fun and frivolous and just kind of talk about whatever we felt like. We, we're not going to tackle actual vital issues because that's just not the nature of the show. It doesn't mean that we're undermining like any of the important things that are going on in the world. There's a lot of craziness going on, but our show is going to be more lighthearted and not talk about that stuff. The last thing the world needs is the opinions of two more white men. So let's just have fun and uh, and let's kick it. Um, Unless uh, those are the opinions about married with children. Which yes, I, and then and then like all day long. <laughs> 
day about Dude, that. you know what? I uh, it, It's funny because last week we recorded the first episode, and uh, I think we both logged on to our, uh, our streaming devices of choice that evening, and we're watching the vital social issues and stuff, two-part. Yes. And we were texting each other. Like, you were, like, a little bit ahead of me, and I was like, God, yeah. oh, God damn it. Yeah. But, uh, so good. I was. I actually, um, I'm old school. I actually popped in the DVD. I have the DVDs as well, just so yeah. everyone knows. But I brought it. I, I had watched it recently, so I knew where it was, like, mm-hmm. and brought it right up on, uh, on Hulu because it's streaming there. But, God damn it, that's a, such a funny fucking, where they bring, uh, you know, the whole some people don't know this, but they were trying to do a spin-off uh, series. You know this, of course, with uh, uh, Matt LeBlanc. Uh, Top of the Heap was the name yeah, of the song. Top of the Heap. Joey Cherviani, as Cherviani, as we all know, I'm sorry, from Friends, uh, which Vinny is Verducci. a white people show. Yeah. Well, he, was, he, was Vinny, he was Vinny Verducci. Vinny Verducci in the show. Oh, yeah, he comes children. on the show. And he just talks – he reminded me kind of of myself because he starts talking about something and then forgets what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> and then Kelly – he goes, what are we talking about? And Kelly says, men's butts. And he just says, ah, you're not getting me to put a helmet on my, my butt. butt. <laughs> Thank you, Vinny. Your time is up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that was uh, God, such a great thing. Anyway, we're, this isn't about Married with Children for real. This is about uh, – the things that are happening, uh, you know, in our community and just whatever we want to talk about. And you were uh, being a little uh, uh, cry, cry, cry again about how hot you were when we first got on the, the horn here. Right, uh, right. It's and I don't summer, mean, summertime. Yeah, yeah. I don't mean I don't mean how sexy I am. I mean, I'm never going to cry about that. Like women cry about that because they they can't all have me. But. When it comes to um, why I was crying about being so hot, it's because it is summer now. Um, you know, we, we just passed the uh, summer solstice, uh, the longest days of the year and all that. Uh, and, it's, and it's hot as hell. Even, even here in New England, I live in New England, and five weeks ago, no joke, in May, around Mother's Day, it was snowing. And I couldn't be happier. I love when it's cold. Now it's hot. Um, but anyway... Uh, this is one of the things we're going to talk about on the show. We're going to uh, welcome summer. So the next thing we're going to talk about is... One, two, three, four! Summer! <laughs> Dear Summer, I hate you. Uh, okay, okay. I have to weigh in on this because I, I'm not as... as uh, I'm not like a whoever's in New England as you are. I'm in Houston, Texas. I've said that many a times. Uh, I live. I reside. I reside in. I reside in Wayne Manor, um, here in Houston, and it's hot as fuck. And like it's um, already in the uh, high nineties. Just so you know, um, today, like I said, it, it like a rain front came in because I think there's a dust storm rain coming through uh, over the Gulf, and it dropped to about seventy five midday. But this morning at like six oh two, when I took my dogs outside, it was like I, I stepped into a hot uh, bath that somebody had been in for a long, long time. Um, and well, that's, this, the, that's the, the humidity is what's bad here. So. Well, well um, I, I just want to take this time to let our listeners know that we've decided to make this uh, a, a weather forecast rather than a podcast. Um, so just, just so you all know. Those clouds are coming in from the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> But it's different because you're, you know, you said it, it snowed five weeks ago. Jesus yeah. Christ. Like five weeks ago, it was hot. 
It was you know. Mother's Day, for Christ's sake, and it snowed. It was crazy. Um, but yeah, and it'll probably snow again in October. So in a couple of months, it'll snow. Um, I love I'm living in Come visit your compound, dude. Yeah, you should. It, and it is a compound. Um, but anyway, um, we were talking about this the other day, like personally, not on the show. And uh, we decided we would kind of talk about this uh, on the show, uh, whereas summer kind of leads us both because we're such horror fans it leads us both to think about summer horror movies particularly summer camp movies now in the 1980s uh as a result of friday the 13th coming out in 1980 uh there was many 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 just a, a plethora of summer camp themed horror films that jumped uh, on it's it's rode the coattails if you will it did. it did. There's a lot of this in. If you watch, uh, what is that fucking Friday the Thirteenth documentary called? That's out right now. Uh, Camp Sleep. Crystal Lake. Memory? Camp Crystal Lake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like five yeah. hours long or some shit. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Um, but yeah, there's there's a great deal of uh, of these films. There's you know on top of all the Friday Thirteenth movies, there's Sleepaway Camp and Cheerleader Camp and The Burning and Madman. Um, and uh, there's even stuff that aren't necessarily slashes, but are still in the in the horror genre or the thriller genre, like Summer Camp Nightmare from 1987. Uh, and this became such a trope; it became such a thing that it was even parodied in ways. Like, you know, like there's that great Simpsons episode where they go to you know Krusty's camp, and it just yeah. turns to Lord of the Flies, you know. Um, and this is Wait, not are, is Lord of the Flies a horror movie now? Is that what we're saying? Or? Well, I think it's I think it qualifies as horror. I do personally okay. as a novel and as a film. Um, Definitely. But uh, but the Simpsons episode just it becomes like that is what I was saying. It becomes very like anarchic in the in the uh, camp. The kids take over, you know. Um, but but yeah, there, there was something about summer camp movies in the eighties, and this isn't just about. Uh, the horror films either this this there was a big thing with the, the comedies uh, like meatballs and, and all of the uh, and oddballs and screwballs and all the other balls um, that, but those movies uh, were very much focused on um, on like a blue comedy very dirty comedy like you know dick jokes uh, and there was a lot and like there was a lot of uh, TNA in those movies which was the whole real draw for young boys at the time uh you, you know, do you agree uh, oh well i i agree but i also like uh i think that i i i think there's i, I like that aspect of of slasher films and i like when modern slasher films honor that tna thing mm -hmm. um and it might not be a popular opinion but i don't really care because i think that if you're paying homage to that that that's part that that gratuitous TNA mm -hmm. is a is is just as much a part of that genre and so, that, as as Goblin soundtrack is to Suspiria. I, that's very well said. No, that's it's absolutely true. It's it's ingrained in the slasher genre. But even um even in the comedies though, um like like back then PG thirteen meant you get to see tits. It doesn't mean then, that. Anymore. No 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 not now. Half a tit and, maybe. But it but it but it did mean that. In the 80s. Oh, uh, now you see an R movie, and even an R movie doesn't have uh, much skin in it. Uh, and I think might, a lot of that. You might get a graze of a top of a bush in a PG 13 movie for a half second if you're lucky. Mm, more like R these days. 
Really? These days, yes, I'm yeah. talking about back then. Oh no, back then, you absolutely yeah. you could see a bush. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah no question. Saying. You could even see a pecker, possibly, you know, like um accidentally. But... Yeah, accidentally, like the shadow of a pecker. Um, but uh <laughs> isn't that your new novel? <laughs> yes, it is. The oh, long sorry, skipped ahead and uh skipped ahead. <laughs> the, the long shadows of my pecker is, is the name of the new book. <laughs> um, oh. um, but but no, like I like I remember you know, growing up and we're about the same age, like, like, you know, there, there wasn't internet porn back then. Like if one guy in your neighborhood had a playboy, like that got passed around the neighborhood, like everybody got to see it. It was a big deal. And so when it came to these movies like Porky's and, and me and uh, screwballs, like PG 13 movies, like we somehow got away with seeing them even when we were a little younger than 13. And that was our source for titties. Like, Movies like what? just one of the guys and, and like oh stuff. god I watched that every time that came on HBO I was like you're gonna yeah. see tits at the end I'm putting I, that on that's and, exactly uh, my but, point. but also I, let me on on that same same thing we jump on this tangent I also have gotten these conversations where and I also I wrote a story about this that's a grown up story time story uh, that you know a, a thing here in Houston that I write for where it's called porn in the woods every guy from a certain generation for he has found porn in the woods <laughs> at some fucking point. And I did too. So I, I mean, I went home and we were talking about this at a bar and I went home and wrote this story about the porn I found in the woods. And that was also a, a normal thing that doesn't happen today because no. there's no porn no. to throw in the woods. There's no, no woods. No, no, no. There's no woods anymore. What no, are we doing? No. All of the, uh, all of the uh, uh, artistry, if you will, of porn. <laughs> Is is gone? No, really. No, like the, have, like the nuance. Some, the nuance. We had professional photographers taking these photos for Playboy and Penthouse. You know, we had professional filmmakers making the movies. Now it's all novices. Like anybody can make a porno film as long as you've got a girl and you've got a camera, which is just about everybody. Um, that's porn. Yeah, that's porn yeah, right yeah. And so porn is and rampant and, now. And if you put step right there before it, you're right. Gold. <laughs> Right. It's, that's all you got to do these days. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, like like love it or hate it, porn is, is very, uh, re re very easily uh, found. And um, oh, yeah, we used to work for it. I don't want to go on this whole working for porn to, you know, tangent if we don't no, want to get into our childhood. But, uh, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, I, I told anyway. you I'd drag us out into the woods on tangents every once yes. in a while. Yes, you know, uh, you can find us on tangents. But anyway, um, all of those films, um, you know, for for getting back to the slasher movies, um, slashers were, as every horror fan knows, were absolutely monstrously huge in the 1980s. And because of uh, Friday the 13th, they took on, a, a, like, Summer Camp was one of the, the themes of it. Um, and now, now a lot of the, the other big slashers did not go on that theme, and that's what made them stand out. Uh, of course, Michael Myers came first, but Michael Myers had like the fall and Halloween. Uh, Leatherface had Texas and like his own thing, even though that was very summer themed in a way, at least the original film. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, totally different concept with the dreams. Um, but when it came to these knockoffs, you had people in the woods, even if it was a, wasn't a summer camp, you had people in the woods like Just Before Dawn and, and Don't Go in the Woods and, and like, you know, movies like that. Um, and sleepaway camp too. You mentioned that earlier. Did, that, if we're if we're talking about hanging dong, that does have that famous scene. And Felisa Ross is at every fucking convention we're at. By the way, uh, so shouts out Felicia if you're listening. Um, but like uh, that that 
I mean, that was, but, but do you, okay. So on that note, they have, you have this wave of slashers like that and, and they're like slumber party massacre even, and like shit right. like that. They use a drill and stuff. So they have to have their hook. They have to have their Jason, you know, right. to right. do these things to make them work. Absolutely. And some of them are like, are like a sleepover or a dick on a chick or whatever it is. Well, you, you mentioned know? slumber, you mentioned slumber party massacre and they made several of those. Um, yeah. And I really, and too. I really like those movies. Um, and I also love Sorority House Massacre. And when you, if you want to talk about TNA, mm-hmm. the Sorority House Massacre movies are out of control. They're by Jim Wernarski, uh, who also made Chopping Mall very famously. It's a cult love Chopping hit. Mall, right? It's a cult hit. You know um, who? You know who else loves Chopping Mall? I just learned Wesley Southerd. He loves it. Boy, that's his favorite <laughs> movie I heard. He loves it so I know. much. He Wesley Southerd, two thumbs up on Chopping Mall. Anyway, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I, I totally know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's his favorite <laughs> film. He thinks it's a masterpiece. Uh, but Winarski, he, uh, he was very big with making uh, TNA films as well as making these, these you know, cheap, uh, so bad they're good horror films. Um, and when he did the Sorority House Massacre series, he had some absolutely beautiful women in these movies, and they're really little more than TNA, particularly the second one. And then the third one is uh, actually subtitled Hard to Die. It went by two different titles, Sub- Slumber- uh, Sorority House Massacre 3 and Hard to Die. And it's really kind of like Die Hard if it was all women in lingerie. It's fantastic. It's a it's a quality film. I recommend it to everybody. That sounds good to me. I'm buying it. Now, do you have um, a favorite um, when it comes to the uh, summer, like specifically summer camp horror films? Do you have a favorite? Aside from where we're going uh, with this segment, or or, or you know, well, it could be that one. Or I mean, that could well, be- I mean, I, I, here's the thing. Like, uh, I do love some some um, sleepaway camp. Uh, like I actually in a band I played in Letters to Voltron, we did a bunch of uh, buttons that were from like <laughs> images of crazy things that we we liked. So one of them was our favorite porn star at the time was Eve Lawrence. So I found an image of her like licking one of her tits, and we put like our 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 logo on our nipples, and it said like some slogan. But then we took the sleepaway camp thing with the dick, and you know we, over the dick we put our logo. Um, and so that always has a special place for me because I fucking love right. that movie. But right. like when I was okay. So let me take you back to the Wayback Machine to the high school days. Uh, when I was in like uh, I was all theater dude, you know, with like theater uh, nerds, and we would man, they would like uh, when you're in like the UIL one act plays and shit. Like there's all these rules you have to follow about when you can practice and why you can practice. And then they will find a million ways to break those fucking rules. So like one time, like we had a, like an overnight thing at the school, like a lock-in for the cast. And, uh, we were going to stay in like the cheerleader, the cheerleaders fucking room where they did cheerleader workout or whatever and then we had like a movie room in the office right where uh we had the tv and shit and we got to bring videos videos back in the day so like myself and my like friends we all were like man we gotta fucking rent the sexiest movies we can so we rented like we brought like all of the slumber party massacre movies (laughs) (laughs) because we thought if we played those in the movie room we could get the chicks like all in the mood but it was just all us dudes in there watching them. It did not work. It backfired big time. But <laughs> I remember that always. It was such a like a like a well that didn't work. 
Right. Uh, but uh, but we won. Yeah. Well, the that's play, what's important. Play did. And we yeah. also did. We also did light as a feather, stiff as a board that night. I remember. And one somebody started crying because of it. Was it you? No, it wasn't me. <laughs> that that time. Back when your name was Butters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I. Uh, well, I, I this I, brings I, us really to the ultimate summer slasher. It does. I was just about to go for myself. Yeah. Um, there is one film that uh, really helped bond uh, Mr. John Wayne Caminale and I. Uh, we love a, a certain horror film that is enormously unpopular uh, with with most fans. Uh, it is, though. It is. Um, oh. So, yes, it is. I said I know. Oh, I thought you said no. And I was no, I said I know and I don't understand it. I don't I don't I don't either. And we're gonna talk about this film, we're gonna defend it. Uh, we're talking, of course, about One, two, three, four. Friday the third Friday the thirteenth part, part five. Hey, Roy. Roy, the new beginning. Uh yeah, so uh so, a little Friday the part five. Okay. Um, do, you, do you mind if I if I start what? a little bit? All no. right start I, I would love it if you started okay good um friday the 13th part five came out in 1985 now this was less than a year uh after friday the 13th the final the final chapter came out in 84 less than a year by about a month um so it's kind of incredible that the series had the fucking unmitigated balls to <laughs> To say this is the final chapter, and less than a year later, they make another one. Uh, but they, but, but they tried. They, they did but, it right. They, but yeah, they did. But they justified it. They justified it by having a twist, where and I mean, sorry if you're if I'm spoiling it for you, but you've had over hey, thirty. Movie's fucking years. fifty years old. All right, yeah, the, the movie's thirty-five years old. So, but spoiler alert, it's, it's not actually. Roy. It's not actually Jason uh, who is the killer. It's it's a guy named Roy, and we'll get to that in a moment. Um, but it's it's funny because I, I you know I went back and double checked it, and the Friday Thirteenth was so dominated the eighties that there was a Friday Thirteenth movie almost every single year for the decade: 1980, 81, 82, 84, 85, 86, 88, and 89 all had a Friday Thirteenth film, which is stunning. When you think about it, in those how times. does that stack up uh, against the releases of like the nightmare movies? Do you know, or oh, it do it totally destroys them. Yeah, yeah. like like the, I mean, the nightmare movies, they they definitely had plenty, but there was only maybe like five of those in the nineteen eighties, as opposed to this oh, this yeah, 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 yeah. this You're insane right. amount, you know. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, like Jason owned the eighties big time, even though Freddie was more popular. Freddie was one of the most recognizable faces of the 1980s, along with uh, Michael Jackson and Ronald Reagan. Like, those are like... Damn, seriously? They, the, seriously. They're considered like, like the most recognizable people of the 1980s. Yeah. Um, Freddie, I mean, Freddie had his own hotline. He had, his, he had records. Dude, was, I remember the Freddie hotline. And also, dude, I have the Fresh Prince, DJ Jazzy Jeff's Nightmare on My Street 45. Beautiful. In my possession. Beautiful. Um, and you know the whole thing behind that? Have you seen that video? 
Uh, yeah, where they got sued. Yeah, like, they got sued. They had to change, like, the whole fucking Freddy thing. Yeah, yeah, because they didn't get permission from They New didn't Line. get the rights. No, nah, no. Nah. Oh, so funny. Well, the Fat um, Boys did a song with them with Freddy 2, which I think is actually superior, called Are You Ready for Freddy? Uh, I think it's a better song, personally, but uh, that's that's up for debate. But both this songs isn't a, are This isn't about Freddy songs on this podcast. Though. It's not. It's not. But I will say, real quick, both of those are better songs than anything on Freddy's Greatest Hits, which is a... Terrible, terrible album uh, where they've got like the Elm Street crew, I think they're called. It's just this group just singing songs. And Freddie's just in the background going, yeah, oh, ha, ha, I'm oh, it's, I thought when, when, I, when you were saying like they're all better than I thought you were going to say Dave Matthews band, which I was also agree with. <laughs> well, that's 100 percent true. That's 100 percent true. Um, yeah, even that terrible Freddie's Greatest Hits album is better than Dave Matthews Band. Um, but that's a whole other episode we can do. Um, anyway, so to, to get back to topic, if we if we can, um, Friday 13th Part 5, A New Beginning. This film, uh, it, it's truly, to me, like the epitome of Friday 13th, Friday 13th movie um stereotypes in a good way it has incredibly crazy kills it has incredibly uh sexy women including a playboy uh playmate who her, her real last name is Voorhees, um which is which is extra fun uh it has it is and it has like some really memorable characters other than the killer whereas many other slasher films not just friday the 13th have very forgettable slasher fodder this film has some really good characters. So it so did. It did. Oh, it did. And I mean, uh, you know, at the beginning, it starts off. You've got Corey, the Corey Feldman, or right, right, right there. And like, uh, funny uh, that uh, if you watch that documentary about Friday the Thirteenth, you'll learn that they he was filming the Lost the Boys, the Goonies, oh, the Goonies. The Goonies. Yeah. He was filming the Goonies while that was happening. And that at the beginning of the movie. The only time that Jason is in this movie is at the very beginning in his dream, in Corey Feldman's character's dream, right? Mm. Well, so he, well, possibly he's at the end. We did, we're not there, but that, but he's okay. Okay, you're right, you're right. But at the beginning, it, and and I have qual, I have, I have qualms with this because uh, Nika put out. A, they have an action figure of Roy that is recently put out, which I have. One, uh, Nika puts out horror action figures, whatever. Uh, but they have another Friday the Thirteenth Part Five action figure that is Jason that they put out first, and it's just from that beginning with that yeah, stupid yeah. fucking tombstone that's there. Like that's yeah. one of the accessories. So yeah. anyway, they filmed that scene in Corey Feldman's backyard. Like they put a, like a rain machine back there because he was working on the Goonies, and. Uh, and that kind of it's like a, it's a weird deception at the beginning because you're like, what is this? And then he, he wakes up like he's dreaming and he's like an old teenager going to a, a right. he's where is he going and, to camp? No, again, he's going to a psycho. No, camp. no, no. He's, he's, he's staying in like in like a care home for troubled kids. But yeah, again, this is a film that came out less than a year later. And the character is like 10 years older. Yeah. Uh, at that point, yeah, because uh, Feldman was too busy making bigger films. You know, he ended up doing um, 
the, the Goonies, Lost Boys, uh, Stand By Me. So, like, Friday the 13th wasn't really good enough for him anymore. Um, I'm sure he'd kill for it now, but it wasn't good enough for him at the time. Um, but but anyway, anyway, the movie, because, like, we have to get to this because we before we continue to talk about Roy, we have to actually explain Roy to those who may not know, for those who may not have seen this film. Um, in Very early in the film, uh, a young man is killed. Uh, not by Jason, but by uh, the the you know a, a very dis- another young man who's very disturbed. Um, and throughout the film, all these other teens that were there that were in like the home are getting massacred by what you think is Jason. You know, it's a guy in the hockey mask and everything hacking people up. And in the end of the movie, Jason is quote unquote Jason is killed. Uh, but then he's also unmasked in a fall, and we see that it's not Jason, but it's Roy, who turns out to, uh, he was one of the paramedics on the scene, and it turns out that he was uh, the father of the boy who was killed in the very beginning. And John Wayne's oh, already geez. laughing at me, trying to explain <laughs> you're fucking, you're like the Like the way you kind of dance around it at the beginning, you're like, well, I mean, come on, like, he, there's this awful, awful like at this fucking kid's house, this house is like of disturbed people from all over. Like there's so many realms of like, well, again, yeah, it's, it's like and, I was saying before, great characters. They're, yeah, they're it's great. You're absolutely awful. right. Absolutely yeah. right. But they kill this fucking, the most annoying kid in the, in the fucking house gets hatcheted to death by this right, psychopath. Right. Right. And the, the, the EMT that comes to, that gets called, they, they try like, you know, when you watch it, when you know, like you see where they're trying to allude to the fact that, you know, Roy, like as Roy is like looks up when he's like fucking with the kid and he's like and they hold yeah. on for him for a minute. Yeah. But but it turns out like no, that's that's Roy's like yeah. that's Roy's son. Right. Strange right. father, like son, like it, right. and they that really but, but it's so ridiculous that, that he, he's like now he's like. I have not paid to attention yeah, to my son. He may be playing an 18 year old, but he's 35 years old. Right. And I have not right. paid attention to him in all and, this time. And, and now I care enough to kill everybody he ever knew. Everyone. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's in a home. He's in a fucking home where like, like you know, with all these other disturbed kids. And like at any point in time, Roy could have taken him out of there. And like, because the character is, even though he's kind of slow, I guess you would say, he's only like a Forrest Gump kind of slow. He's not violent. He's not a, a danger to himself or others. He's just kind of dopey. And he's annoying as fuck. And everyone's super annoying. annoying. Yeah, yeah. He's, oh, nobody wants to hang out with him because he's annoying. He's that so annoying. Yeah, like he's, he's and, a- and you know what? And when he gets killed, you're not that sad. <laughs> you're not. <laughs> you're really not. You're not. You're not you're- at all. Absolutely not. And 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 the best part of this movie is if you can flash forward to the end, when uh you know, after Roy is killed, you know, you have uh the guy, Corey Feldman's character, is in the hospital and the and the sheriff or whatever comes up to him is like, We found this on the killer. And he opens up the wallet and it's a picture it's a picture of uh of Roy. Uh, it, Roy has a picture of himself in his he own does. wallet. He has a fucking picture of himself. It's and his son, not, it, not like an old baby picture, but it's a picture like of him before he died. Like, yeah, like, yeah, it's like, like look, and he's got the chocolate yeah. on his face and shit. Yeah, they didn't yeah. even... It's crazy, dude. It's crazy. 
Yeah, it's, the it's like it's, it's so funny. That's my favorite part. When he, yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite parts when he like pulls out like, turns out we found Roy's wallet. Here's a picture of him. Here's yeah. a picture of his son. Yeah. And, then and, it was and, like, <laughs> and so like, how was it? If they had a picture of that recently, how was it a mystery to anybody that like if he was visiting him that often, how wasn't anyone like on the scene of the murder of uh, Joey is the character, his son's character? Yeah, exactly. How was like? How was it? Um, how is it? A, how did no one say, oh, my God, it's your son. You probably shouldn't be here. You shouldn't see this, you know. Um, but uh, like uh, another si- a side note about uh, Joey, and this is I-, I would say it's a funny side note, but it's not. It's kind of dark, but true. Um, Joey was played by an actor named Dominic Braschia. Now, we were talking about Corey Feldman, of course, because he's in the film. Um, Dominic Braschia was accused by not Corey Feldman, but Corey Haim. Corey Haim's, Corey Haim's best friend uh, 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 said uh, uh, posthumously after Corey Haim died that Dominic Braschia, who played Joey, raped him. What? That he raped Corey Haim. Yeah, back when they did another film together in the 1980s when he was a kid. That poor fucking kid. You know what? What? Now I'm glad that guy got hatcheted up by that right, dude. Right, Even more so. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, what happened to him? Did he get this, accused? Alleged. Okay, alleged. allegedly. He's not it's in jail. Yeah, so, is this I mean, guy I'm still not, alive? I believe so. Let's hatch I believe him. so. I, I don't, um, I don't try to hatchet him. Or anything, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, um. Another, okay, go ahead, I'm sorry. But there are, but anyway, uh, not to, so we don't want to focus on the, 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 the dark part of that. It's just kind of a weird thing how like all of this was kind of like how hollywood was so interlinked at the time i guess you could say uh but uh, but both corey's both corey's haim and feldman both um uh claim to have experienced a lot of sexual abuse and and and, i mean i i believe them you know considering yeah dude that's um, insane i couldn't even imagine yeah uh, being like a child star around all that shit right Right. I mean, but, if somebody wants to make me a child star now at 41, go right ahead. You can yeah, you can handle it now. All I want. <laughs> all but, I want. But, I mean, all you want. <laughs> but but with all with all due respect, John Wayne, you know I love you, but you are no Sailor Moon Fry. So I'm just going to say that right now. Dude, I loved Punky Brewster. All right. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Brewster. Now Punky that we're Brewster. on Punky Brewster, I feel like we can backtrack respectively from to the play. from the <laughs> thing. Um, I want to talk about some of the other characters in the film that make it shine. Uh, one of my personal favorites, and I know it's a favorite of many of the people of, who love the genre, is uh, Reggie the Reckless, uh, which is a... Demon! Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a young man, he's a young African-American man, uh, who um, is also at this, um, uh, at this home, uh, but he has... A uh, a couple of uh, are they his? Um, I, th- I think they're his cousins, right? Yeah, they're his cousins. Home. He no, he lives out in his van and shit. No, 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 no. I'm talking about Reggie the Reckless, the little boy. The, the like the, no, the, the guy who it, it lives in the van is uh, his name Demon. You're not t- who, which Reggie? Oh, the guy, the kid that rides the motorcycle around. The kid who's wearing the red jumpsuit, Reggie, like. He goes and he sees his his buddy who lives in who lives in the van, uh, like like he's in his van with his the girlfriend and everything. That's that's Demon. That's uh, 
played by Miguel A. Nuzes Jr. I have yeah. that in my notes. The same guy who was in Return of the Living Dead. Um, and this he has like a full-on leather Michael Jackson like outfit on in this movie. Yes, and he has like full-on Jerry Curl as and well. It's a shit. God, you know what? They need to, they need to make a fucking character of demon for this movie mm-hmm. with the whole porta potty, his girlfriend. I want the whole thing. The song, push the button. Ooh, baby, ooh, baby. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, I want that. It's fantastic. Um, yeah, that's those are truly the most memorable uh, characters in the film, uh, in my opinion. Is uh, Damon and his girlfriend, uh, whose her name I I, I don't remember. Uh, but yeah, there's this whole hilarious scene where he has eaten too many enchiladas, and his stomach hurts. So he has to run to the Jakes. He has to run to like an outhouse. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Okay, stop. I'm gonna stop you right there. I'm sorry. But like, uh, first of all, number one, the the Jakes. My dad called uh, when my dog, the dog, would take a shit in the backyard to go on Jake duty, and uh-huh. we have to like shovel it up and throw it in the woods so that also hit me hard uh but not only does he have enchiladas like he he has every fucking weird he's got like hey you want some enchiladas yeah or i got tacos or pizza or chimichangas or little mini tacos or you know he's got so much shit in his van van. yeah Mm -hmm. so much food in this van dude he does does. uh and and but but he claims it's the enchiladas as he's running, holding his stomach, running to get to the shit house, going, Ooh, enchiladas, which is just a hilarious line, uh, very quotable. Uh, and he runs, so he runs out there. And as he's taking a crap in, in the, the crap house, his girlfriend is like tapping on the walls and they're like singing to each other and joking, which no one would ever do in real life ever. Makes no sense the <laughs> whole time. At all. Like, no sense. Wait. Like, and he kind of calls her out on it, but he kind of likes it because he goes, you're going to get it, bitch. You know, but, you're going to get but, it, bitch. <laughs> but, they, but they're really just having a good time as he's taking a painful enchiladas-fueled dump. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, the, the movie is really, really hilarious uh, on, t- on top of having some really fun kills. And as I said before, it has some really crazy good uh, nudity in it. Uh, It was actually directed by the same guy who uh, directed Savage Streets. Uh, Now, if I'm looking him up now, I see if I can find his name. Chris, Chris, isn't isn't this uh, also the Friday the 13th movie with the most kills, if I'm not mistaken? I don't know about that, but it was directed by Danny Steinman. Uh, and Danny made Savage Streets with Linda Blair, which is a fantastic um, exploitation film of uh, of just um, you know a, a hot girl in a black leather jumpsuit uh, getting revenge for her sister. Her sister, played by fellow Scream Queen uh, Linnea Quigley. Uh, so this is a great film. Also stars Susie Slater, who was in Chopping Mall, which we mentioned earlier. Uh, she's in a small Shouts role. Was that? Was that? Shouts out, Wes. Shouts out, Wes. Shouts out. Your favorite. Um, so, but uh, anyway, yeah, the um, uh, uh, there's there's some truly 
truly outrageous uh, uh, TNA in this, uh, it, particularly in the form of... Are you referencing of, Gem in the Holograms right now? Truly, 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 truly outrageous. outrageous. Yes, yes. Well, I'm a big Misfits fan, and I don't just mean Danzig's band. Um, oh. But anyway, uh, yeah, Debbie Sue Voorhees is her name, uh, which is funny enough because, of course, Jason Voorhees is the name of the killer. This, uh, this woman, her name is Debbie Sue Voorhees, and she plays Tina in the movie. Uh, and she was a Playboy uh, playmate, and you you don't get much better than that. I mean, and she's she really stands out in the film. Uh, but it's kind of funny because in the scene, there's a sex scene that she has in the woods with another like with some guy, and uh, it's over in a second. Uh, and even though the movie had all of this violence and all these gruesome kills, that that sex scene was a problem for the censors, and so they had to cut it. So because they cut it, it really makes like the guy looks like the guy is a Johnny two stroke, you know, like he goes out there and like immediately they're done. They're immediately they're done, you know. Um, So. So his name was what? Let's look broad now. uh, (laughs) Yeah, that is interesting. I'm I'm serious, though. Like this is the Friday the 13th movie with the most kills in it. It Uh, may well be. No, it is. Okay. That, it is. Uh, um, Nick and I watch, watch that fucking documentary. Like, uh, I did watch it, but it's it was got like, yeah, it's got because he, but they, they also cut like a lot of like the lead up to the kills because there's some where you just like, you're like watching something and all of a sudden he's stabbing through a mattress up through somebody. Right. And then you find the guy that's like, t- like to the tree, like through his mouth right. and shit. Right. Like, right. you, you, like, they cut all those, but apparently, like if if you put all the deaths together in that movie, it's the most kills in yeah. a yeah, yeah. In a thirteen. All right, which all right. Uh, I, I, uh, you I, know, I, Kane Hodder, we're gonna call you out, dude, right now. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you at? Yeah, um, no, it. Uh, I knew it had a great amount. That's one of the great things about the film. This is why I argue that it's a quint- the quintessential Jason movie, uh, because. It has so many kills. It has so much nudity. It, it's everything that a Friday Thirteenth movie should be, and it's without it's Jason. Without Jason, yeah. right? Uh, and so many people just can't get past that. They can't stand that it's not Jason. Like it fucking matters. Like it doesn't matter. The film gives you everything that makes Friday Thirteenth great. Like when I think about Friday Thirteenth and what I love about it, so much of it uh, is in. Uh, part five and the new beginning, you know, I agree. And, and it's like, you know, you what if you liked it the whole time, if you're watching it, you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And then at the end, you find out it's Roy and then you don't like it. Then you're just a poser. And that's exactly what so many people did. Yeah. So many people like we're all about it. And then the moment they realize it's not Jason, they're pissed, you know, and it's like, well, they were trying to do something different. Now, that doesn't always work. I get that. Um, but, but bravo. For trying. Well, for trying. Right. You said the final chapter. Like, they put the final chapter out and put a sequel out 10 months later. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like you said, ballsy. But you're like, okay, motherfucker. And then you watch it. And then you're, like, mad because it's not what you thought it was going to be so that you could be mad at it. Right. Oh, okay. And, like, it it, it set them up to be able to do the Mm -hmm. next film, uh, which, uh, which came out. Uh, the next year in 86, which was Jason Lives. And this is the thing that they do when when they try something new and it fails. 
they bring the next one. And they're like, he's back, motherfucker. You gotta go back home. It works. They, they did the same thing with the Halloween series when they released Halloween three season of the witch, which was a, a, an enormous bomb. Uh, and like then the best one ever. Uh, well, we're going to talk about that, but, but that was, that was a huge bomb when it came out. It tanked. I know it was a huge bomb. It was despised at the time. It, it like, we'll get to that, but it was despised. Um, and so it was many years before Halloween 4 came out, and Halloween 4 was very purposely called Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was the same thing. And that brings us to our next segment, which is... One, two, three, four! Horror movie sequels that are totally underrated. Underrated. <laughs> do you want to do that again? Yeah. Ready? Okay. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four! Horror movie se- sequels wait, 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 that are totally wait. underrated. Underrated. God damn it. Again? Ready? Yeah, you count it off. One, two, three. One, two, three, four! Horror, Horror movie sequels, sequels that are totally underrated. underrated. Yeah, yeah we nailed it that time. All right. That time. Before we before we start, I need to refresh my beverage. I've been refreshing. Okay, well, I I am upstairs. I need to go get ice. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. So I should talk or? Uh... Well, I thought we could just leave this as like a break. A break. Yeah, like with the pause because we're going into a next segment anyway. You know, we should get some sponsors. We should. This this episode is brought to you by Evan Williams and Pepsi. All right, go get that Pepsi, buddy. <laughs> I'll be right back. And whoever in New England's true to you. Ferris Bueller, you're my hero. Oh, you know it's not too late. And always have a place to come back to. Boom, boom. Whenever it wrangles through with you. One, two, three, four! Underrated horror, horror sequels. sequels. Halloween 3. Okay, my friend. Uh, that's my favorite of the franchise and i have wow, tattoos of my i have michael meyer tattoo i'm showing you in the in the 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 cap in, in the camera i have a michael Myers tattoo but and then and right there boom you flip it what's that oh that's the mask from halloween three my friend one of the th- um one of the three, of the, three. The, pumpkin uh, the pumpkin i own a pumpkin mask i also uh from Nick P, shouts out, we have one of the original skull masks from mm-hmm. the guy that made them back in the 50s or whatever. Like, yeah, Nick has one of those, and now it's in it's in here in the nice. Library of Evil. We own it. Um, that's the best one, in my opinion, because John Carpenter wanted Halloween to be an anthology right. series of movies where they they weren't always about Michael Myers. They were about something else like, like amazing stories or your twilight zone. Yeah, absolutely. Which is a great idea, which is awesome. But, but he shit the bed. 
how, I mean, well, what, what I mean is he shit the bed because he made, well, they made part two about Michael Myers. Yeah. If they yeah. Hadn't, that, okay, if they hadn't done that, right, yeah. if they, they had done that, two. like people wouldn't be expecting Michael Myers in part three. If they just like from the get go did a whole series of Halloween for like, it could all be different and it probably would have went over better. But you know, and like Halloween part two starts off right at Halloween when Halloween is over. Like, yeah, it's, like, so it's kind of like, one movie if you think about it well it, it can be but i would argue that halloween 2 is infinitely inferior to the first one um well, it is but it can be a it, it's the timeline right it is in the timeline yes and, so and i just want to get like... back to that with with halloween 4 but but yeah it is in the timeline um but yeah let's let's uh, focus on halloween 3 at the moment um because halloween 3 as i was saying a, a moment ago uh, it was an enormous dud, and although it has um, it has had kind of a resurgence in popularity, it's very hip now in the horror genre to like that film. For the not now, dude. That's been a while, dude. No, that's what I'm. But but I mean, a, a while is in like the last five years or so. Oh, um, more than five years. Well, in the nine in the eighties and the nineties, that movie was fucking hated, dude. Yeah, no, no, no. I know, but I'm just saying, like, not like in twenty fifteen, like twenty, like two thousand six and shit. I was like loving this movie. Well, maybe no, maybe you were, but I'm talking about in the general uh, consensus here. I'm talking about just horror fans in general within the maybe maybe five, maybe ten years. Okay, okay. Um, but people people began to reappreciate it. Now, personally. I attribute that to nostalgia. I really think a lot of people watch the movie and like it now because it has so many elements of 80s horror that we all love. It has that great John Carpenter score. It stars Tom Atkins. It has, oh, man. It has those incredible masks that we all love. And it kind of like, it gives you these glimpses of Halloween in the 80s. These kids just out in the street and just having a good time. Um, so I think a lot of that has to do with nostalgia. I think nostalgia really helped that movie down the road. Now, I'm, I'm totally going to give you a chance to argue this, and I know you will, uh, but me personally, I think the story of Halloween 3 is really shitty. Uh, now, uh, well, Jesus Christ, I'm, I'm spacing on his name. His name is Nigel. Nigel, uh, fuck. I'll have to look it up. <laughs> I should have yeah. put this in my notes. Uh, but the guy who wrote the original screenplay, John Carpenter was a big fan of his. And he wrote um, Quartermass in the Pit, which which actually was a very big inspiration on Prince of Darkness. Uh, and he he was originally approached to write the script for Halloween 3, and he did. But when the movie came out, he hated it so much that he demanded his name be taken off of it. Um, and I can understand why, because while I appreciate what Halloween 3 tried to do, I thought it was a very inept film. Now, I still love the movie. I love it. But at the same time, I can I can say with my full heart that it's a total piece of shit. So you're a rebuttal, sir. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I can't say it's a total piece of shit because I, I like it. So I don't like pieces of shit. Um, but I mean, in a so no, you're, no, no, no. You're but but this is my time. dude. I, gave I, I know. I'm just saying in a so is, good way. Yeah. Well, yeah. Kind of, but you're absolutely right. It's it's uh the end the the way the whole story falls apart and then tries to bring itself back together. Yeah, it's not that great. Tom right. Atkins, he's a national treasure. So anything absolutely. he's in is going to be uh, fantastic. Uh, 
thrill me. But neither the creeps, babe. But uh, you know, I know it does fall short on those things. I know that. Mm-hmm. But but because sometimes you have to look at things like, hey man, you took that chance and it didn't necessarily work, but god damn that I respect that. That's cool. Yeah, kind of like what we and, were saying about uh, about <clears throat> Yeah. So like I I really that's why I I don't know. I just that that one I love I fucking love Michael Myers the best. He's my favorite. Like I said, I have him tattooed. I showed you right. on my fucking body. Well, let, let me ask you this. Let me but, ask you. Uh, let me ask you. You said that Halloween 3 is your favorite of the series. Yes. Do you think it's the scariest? Uh, I mean, not no, unless you're like on un- a certain age, maybe it's the scariest because you might be susceptible to be like, I would do that and buy a mask and get my head melted. Uh, but no, it's not. No, it's not scary by like like okay. suspense. That's created by Michael Myers, like, you know, right. the things that so he, two he different killed. things. It doesn't have yeah. to be the scariest for it to be your favorite. I mean, you don't have to explain that. Um, I was just asking what you think, because to me personally, Halloween three is not remotely scary at all. I think it really fails as a horror film. I don't I don't see. I mean, like, at the end, that cop out of them being witches or something—that's kind of dumb. Well, the, the the whole thing, dude. Like, like, <laughs> like, why would they bring, and how would they bring a, a a big rock from Stonehenge to America? Why wouldn't they just go there and do it? Why? It doesn't make any sense. Um, it's and, comfortable here, dude. You go get it. You get a helicopter. <laughs> you bring it back. You know, well, you got I, a cable. I, I well, I've been to Stonehenge, uh, and. I could see how it would be a huge pain in the ass to get a rock from Stonehenge out of there. Um, it's in the middle of nowhere, for one yeah. thing. Uh, and it's got a whole lot of people there making sure that you don't even touch the motherfucker at all times. Uh, you used to be able to go up and actually be in Stonehenge, but now you have to you have to see it from afar. You can't even go up and touch because so many people would, like, chip off a piece. As a, uh, and, like, you know, there were people are going to just destroy it completely because people are assholes. Yeah. Um, but uh, you could argue that in the 1980s they could have gotten up and touched it, but they couldn't have fucking taken the whole fucking rock and shipped it. And, and like, and there's so many other enormous holes in the story. It's like the girl that he's with the whole time. Was she a a robot the whole time, or was she replaced by a robot? Now there's a great little segment in a documentary they did about the movie uh-huh. where they're asking uh, Tommy Lee Wallace, who directed the film. Like, they, he comes out to a screening, they show the movie, and then the, the guy hosting the movie asks him, he's like, so was she a robot the whole time, or was she replaced? And Tommy Lee Wallace, director of the film, says, and I quote, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I mean, this is a well, I mean, quote. but But why did he say that? Was it because he really was like that, I don't fucking know? Or no, dude, was, it, was it manipulated yeah. through his hands so much that he was just yeah. like, whatever? No, no, it wasn't. He, he said it in a way as if, like, who the fuck cares? Like, that's the way he said it. Like, it was like, it doesn't matter, you know? Because the film, uh, it, it was it was a fucking mess, dude. The, the, and, like, one of my favorite things to, about it is, like, you could play a drinking game with this movie. Every time you watch Tom Atkins run, like, up a ladder or across a building or down a ladder, you'd be shit-faced in, like, 30 seconds. Like... 
a huge like a portion of that film is just watching him run. Well, I love Tom Atkins, so. Well, yeah. so do I, but that's not my point. My point. I, I, I know, but I mean, like sometimes you just like things, you know. It doesn't have to be good to like it. No, 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 it, uh, no. I totally agree with that. I like a lot of stuff that's way, way, way worse than yes, Halloween yes. Three. You know, like I love. Uh, the Apple, which is like one of the first films that Canon ever made. The Apple is a, a musical about the future world of 1994. It's like the worst shit I've ever seen, and I absolutely adore uh, that movie. Oh, and by the way, Nigel Keen. Nigel Keen. No, Nigel Keenell. Keneal? Keneal? I don't know how you pronounce it. It's K-N-E-A-L-E. Nigel Keneal. He is the one who wrote the original script or original concept for Halloween 3. And disowned it and wanted his name taken off. Um, John Carpenter has said before that Nigel, although he was very talented, was also very um, cranky, was kind of a, a, a nasty person, um, uh. but did write uh, the Quartermass series, um, which is very legendary, uh, particularly Quartermass in the Pit, which introduced a lot of the elements uh, that John Carpenter um, not stole, but homaged in Prince of Darkness, which I think is a, an excellent film, far superior, far superior to Halloween 3. Well, it's right below it for my for my taste, <laughs> just because I love Halloween 3. You do, you do. And I, I, just, do. I just love for, it. For the record, I have all three of the Don Post masks, not the vintage one that you might, that, that you have. We have uh, that you might have. I like how you said that. That you might know. I re we really do have the vintage. No, no, you really do. You really do. One. I correct. No, but I, I have a new. Myself. I have a I new one. I stopped myself. I correct From a myself. convention, I have a new one of the of the pumpkin, and it's got the medallion on the back. Right. Right. Uh, right. But yeah, that's no, one no, of the. No, you, I, have one, real, I have one. Don Post. You have a real skull one. I'm not questioning that. I I corrected myself. We'll send it out to the to the field, and we'll see what happens to the lab. I I love Halloween three. And it's a giant piece of shit. So that's it for Halloween three. Well, I want, <laughs> I want, I want to go into Halloween four. And the reason I want to go into Halloween four is to me, it's the greatest sequel of the entire series. Hands I wasn't down, prepared for Halloween four. You don't have to prepare. You didn't have to prepare. We're not going to do it. Like I'm not going to get into a, a, okay, well, a twenty minutes of this. This is a rebuttal. Go I ahead. just want to say that Halloween 4 is the absolute best sequel of the series, including 2. Um, I know the mask sucks. Everyone hates the mask, and I totally agree. But as far as atmosphere, as far as story, it's fantastic. you got Donald Pleasance bringing the Loomis at full force, coming back after being burned half to death. Uh, it's 10 years later. Uh, you know, you got Michael coming home. He's going after his niece this time, introducing Danielle Harris, a big scream queen who's at all the conventions. All of the conventions. Shouts out Danielle Harris. Shouts out Danielle Harris. Uh, but what I love about it is I love how it continues the sister mythos, uh, which was introduced in part two, where, where Jamie Lee Curtis' character, Laurie Strode, is actually Michael Myers' sister, which was not introduced in the first film. Uh, but they take that and they run with it, making that like this whole curse or whatever it is that that makes michael uh, um do what he does is kind of passed over to his niece and in the end of the film she uh stabs her uh mother 
uh, to what you think is to death. In the sequels, they ruin it and make it that she's alive and all this other stuff. I don't even want to get into sequels. They ruin it. To me, when I when every Halloween, what I do is I watch. I, I do watch Halloween three. It's but it's a separate thing. But I watch Halloween one, two, and four. And it's if you watch it as just a trilogy, it's like that's the story. It's like the fucking Star Wars from New Hope to Return of the Jedi. That's your fucking thing. Like that is a perfect Michael Myers story encapsulated. You don't need anything else. I'm done. I'll agree with you on that. If you pull out three and just put it up there as like you watch this as something else. Separate, yeah. Yeah, then yes, I agree. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we had one more topic that we were going to discuss. It's a a new short film uh, that appeared on Shudder. Yes. Uh, So we were going to discuss this next. So that brings us to our next segment, which is... What's it called? What? What are we calling it? The next thing is Blood Machines. We're going to talk about that. Oh, okay. It's called Blood Machines. All right. Here we go. <laughs> so. One, two, three, four. Blood Machines. Okay. So you called me up on the phone and you said, watch this movie on Shudder. And I did. I told you it got really, really high, too. Uh-huh. Which is, probably wasn't a problem. No, yeah, it's not a problem. I was gonna say like, I was gonna say it's not a problem for me. But that movie, watching it, uh, it should have been. That's a psychedelic experience right there. It, is. it really is. Yeah. I should have taken some acid. In fact, I will accept the challenge if you will propose it to me this week. I'll eat a bunch of mushrooms and rewatch it. Well, I because uh... that would be like the upper. Like I was watching it, and I was like, God, dude, this movie is like so visual. If we, it is. It's amazing. It is. Yeah. So yeah. let's. So, do you want to give like information on it? Well, uh, yeah, I will. Um, uh, Blood Machines is is a is a short film. Uh, it's about fifty minutes long. Now it uh, it's broken up into three segments, uh, and it's all available at the time of um, at the time of us recording this podcast. It's it's available on uh, Shutter. The, the popular streaming site. Um, now it, it's on the Vimeo of uh, the director's Vimeo, which is actually two people. We can talk about that later. Yeah, I was I was going to get to that. Yeah. Um, now, what uh, the interesting thing for me personally um, about Blood Machines is uh, is that it uh, features a soundtrack by the band Carpenter Brute, um, and. I really love these guys, and I've loved them for a long time. I, I, I write a lot listening to them. They're very much in the vein of uh, 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 Dance with the Dead or Slasher Dave uh, or Zombie, uh, these bands who kind of recreate the whole uh, 80s horror synth sound that uh, John Carpenter and, and, and Goblin and, and people like that um, uh, made. Uh, but at the same time, they kind of add more of a rock or even more of a club sound, uh, particularly in... in Carpenter Brute's place. Now they did the soundtrack for this, and this is uh, how- uh, yeah. And like as far as like the it, like you no know, Carpenter Brute is fucking badass, and it's like the rock and roll of what like that's what you should have said. Like it's the rock and roll of that. It's like yeah, it's all synth eighty shit. Like I I discovered Carpenter Brute because uh, I got a copy of this gravely unusual magazine when I was in Kentucky. And uh, I also had a uh, short story in uh, the next issue, actually. 
And uh, my buddy, or uh, he became my buddy, who uh, he, Edwin Callahan, shouts out, he interviewed Carpenter Brute, and it's in this magazine, and that was my introduction to them, and I was like, holy fucking shit, how did I know who this is? So then I went, like, deep diving into them, and, like, of course, listened to a bunch of shit, and also, like, I texted Carrie, uh, aka CV Hunt, right away, because she listens to that stuff, and I was like, do you know this Carpenter Brute? She was like, yeah, dude, this is great, and I was like, god damn it. Like I texted, goddamn it, to myself, and then, uh, but uh, no, but no, I started listening to him, and I, I like, I listen to like, especially when I write, and we, I don't know, I've talked about this on other shit. Like, I like to listen to like Doom, Dirge, like Sun, like that kind of weird shit. But like John Carpenter stuff, Goblin, I love to listen to Goblin, and Carpenter Brute is like right up there. But it's like the edge. It's like the it's like the Guns and Roses of synth music. That's a good way it, in the like it, at the height of uh, hair, uh, you know, that early 80s hair metal at the appetite of, of destruction. It's uh, the appetite of destruction yeah. of synth music. It's like right. edge. and this is in this movie, by the way, is not it, it's a sequel. It, it's first of all, yeah, this movie is classified movie. as a musical, by the it way, is. sci-fi, yeah, cosmic, a cosmic opera. And it is it is a sequel to a music video. Right. Um. Turbo Killer. Called Turbo Killer. Did you watch that? Oh yeah, yeah, I watched that. I, back I did out. too. Fucking yeah. amazing. It's fantastic. Amazing. It's fantastic. It's it's very visually stunning. It really captures the essence of Carpenter Brute's music. Uh, I really love it. Now, story wise, I don't know if it's how it works as a sequel to Blood Machines, but stylistically, it absolutely does. Yeah, I felt like I was watching. Uh, you're you're so the the girl that is in the thing kind of dancing that at the end the car crashes through that's Mina that's the girl that right in in blood machines ship yeah right so it's kind of like I feel like you're when you watch that you're kind of watching like a a back and forth in time almost of how this works and then you get to blood machines and you're so thrust into the midst like it starts and you're like what the fuck is happening what is yeah, this yeah it does but, yeah. like really and like i was watching it and i was like jesus christ chris what you got me watching here <laughs> but 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 it was fucking but i was already like as far as visually it's amazing yeah, god it's damn it's so good yeah to yeah. to look at it's so pretty it's got the purples and the pinks and all that shit that just like tickles your eye pussy it's just amazing <laughs> it dude it the really does thing- the only thing I could really compare it to visually, uh, well, two things uh, that are... Mandy and the color out of space? What? Say Mandy and the color out of space? Yes. You 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 beat me to it. That's what I was going to say. Thank you for stealing my thunder. Was that I, what you were going to say for real? That's totally what I was going to say. Oh! Because, I, I mean... That's I mean, what right? I thought. Too. I mean, yeah. It, it, it definitely captures that aesthetic of um, of the whole, like, psychedelic horror... Uh, that we've seen in the last couple of years in these cult films, uh, such as Colorado Space and Mandy. Um, but at the same time, it's a very different animal from both of those things. Oh, it's, yeah, it's not like those things at all. Not at all, not at all. It, it has a real, uh, almost um, Event Horizon uh, kind of feel. Like, I really thought about Event Horizon when I watched this, in the sense of, uh, like, it has a, you know, it has a ship that kind of gains consciousness and becomes a sentient being and and all of that. Um, well, it's almost like, like, I don't know, like I was watching, like, I thought, like, I overthink these things so much. I'm like, 
you know, and, and like it was funny because you kept telling me you in your text you were like, "Get high before you watch this." Uh-huh. Get high, but I honestly, I I wish you would have said, "Take acid before you watch this." Well, well, no, well, here because here's the deal. Because like by next week, like I think I want to take some mushrooms that I have and I'll watch it again in the next right, episode right. talk about it because that's how like visually awesome it is. And and everybody yeah. that's listening, I'm not some Johnny Come Lately fucking LSD acid mushroom guy at all by any means. And this, I was like. Fuck, dude, this this is like one of those albums that you listen to when you're on mushrooms and you think that they should put a sticker on there that says like 25% more album unlocked when right. you're on three grand. Right, right. like, that's like <laughs> seriously, like, it doesn't you don't have to have it because it's really awesome. But if you're into that, it would yeah. bleed off the screen and I, encapsulate you. It's so beautiful. Say, I, it's so I, beautiful. I um I haven't done hallucinogenic drugs in 20 years. Um, probably more, uh, oh, wow. but, there, but there was a time when I, when I did them and I'm not, I'm not condoning uh, it. I'm not recommending anyone do it, but I did do acid. I did do mushrooms. And when I watched, um, when I watched a movie like blood machines or Mandy, I immediately think of that. I'm like, this almost makes me wish I still did that stuff. Now I mentally, I can't handle doing that stuff anymore. Personally, I'm not saying it's a problem for other people, but I can't, um, but yeah, I totally agree with you. Now, I didn't say, I didn't say, hey, you need to drop mush, uh, drop acid, and eat mushrooms, and then watch this movie. I was just like, no, hey. I was saying, I wish you said that. I know, I know, but <laughs> I, but I didn't because um, because like again, I don't, I don't, I don't want to suggest anyone do that. Uh, but, yeah, but, we're uh, like brothers, dude. You can tell. We you are. Know. We are. You can we fuck are. with me, like, hey, take <laughs> this, buddy. <laughs> I just told you to get really high. I, Put I me in a noogie, you know, it's all yeah. fine. You're like, yeah, you get out of here. I told you to get real, really high. You could take that as whatever way That's you want. That's true. That's true. You're right. You're right. So, um, but I you don't need had... to get really high for this. It's, no, it's, you don't. You it's, don't. It's, I only had so... like, I only it's... had like a, a like two a Jack and Cokes when I watched it, uh, and I absolutely thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was a total trip. Um, but uh, but but yeah, you don't need like you said, you don't need to be fucked up to watch it. But it, it definitely appeals to that culture because it's so psychedelic in its nature. Um, and I don't want to give away uh, the ending. This is new, unlike all the other movies we talked about tonight. So I, I feel like we should avoid spoilers. Uh, but but to me, really, it was like the first episode was interesting. The second episode was when the psychedelic mania really kicked in with the opening credits. And then the third episode was just out of, out of control. Like the finale is so, so intense and so crazy and so driven by the music um, that uh, I don't want to say it's style over substance because I, there is substance to the film, but the style of the film is really impressive, particularly for the micro budget that they had. Well, and that's uh, interesting because a lot of people like on uh, like I looked at reviews of this and like Rotten Tomatoes and all that stuff. And some but some people said like it's easy. It would be easy to take this as like some people to say, I I wish there was a better way to tell the story over what the style was. Mm-hmm. But like no, the style you just don't get it. 
Like, then no. you just don't really get it. No. The, the, the style oh, makes... The style, the, yeah, it's so good. It's so good. It makes I it really makes liked it. it, dude. And well, I like. I already liked Carpenter Brute before that. And when it, once it started and I saw it, I was like, fuck, yeah. But, like, yeah. the director, Seth Eicherman, is actually right. two people, French, two French directors. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Do you have their names written down? I, I They're, uh, like, yeah. I think it's Reggie right. or... Um, where the hell is it? I don't know. It's too, it doesn't matter because they don't really it's make Ra- their names. It's, no, it's, you know, it's not Reggie. It's it's Rafael Hernandez and Sav Saverti Jali Gonfard. I probably butchered that, but yeah, it's it's two people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's which I thought that was kind of cool too. I like that kind of shit. Yeah, you know, no, that I is was cool. like watching it and taking notes during the first one, like all studious, and then uh, but then it ended, and I was like, wait, it's over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and oh, I'll start the next one. And I was like, I don't know why they did that on. Like, I really don't know why they they broke it into fifteen minute episodes. It's a, like a you know the movie is about 45, 15 minutes long. Uh, I don't know why they chose to do it that way, but they did. It's three episodes on Shutter. But I will say for those who are listening who are interested, it's not like an ongoing show or anything. It's a, it is a film. So you just watch it in three parts and you're done. Yeah, that's it. And I think that they break it up like that personally because it might be too jarring to watch it. It's almost like you have to be pulled out of it at those moments to be like, wait, what? So you think for a minute and then get thrust back into it because maybe yeah. the like butted up against each other are kind of like weirdly jarring and then you don't get a chance to. Well, do you think? I, I get, you, I get. You. Do you think maybe it has to do with a change in our culture and our entertainment with, uh, you know, with YouTube and Snapchat and stuff like that, where uh, it's like this micro entertainment? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because like when Shutter yeah. Shutter came out with their uh, Critters series, uh, which I was not a fan of. Couldn't but, watch. I got through half of the first episode, and I love Critters, dude. Right. I have the Blu-rays. Huh, me too. I have all that shit. My mom bought me a little fucking uh, one of those weird critter toys that came out and shit. That I love that. The Christ. Christ. Yeah, but, no. Like I, that I, show I, was the shites, if I, you will. I, I, I'm right there with you. I think the more of a fan of critters you are, the less you're going to like that show. But that aside, the the show really was the length of a movie, but they cut it up into like these 15 minute episodes for some reason. Uh, so it's 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 interesting that they do this kind of thing. To me, as a viewer, it's annoying because it interrupts the flow of the storytelling. I have to like stop. I have to grab my remote and go to the next episode. It's like, why even do that? Why don't you just present it? If you want to do it in that way, okay. But why isn't there an option to just watch the goddamn thing? You know, probably probably because of what you said like just a few minutes ago, like the way that. The consumption of media is today. It's just that's just how it is. Like we're gonna put this because 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 you have to have ninety minutes for it to be a feature film. So they have fifty minutes of like a badass fucking crazy ass visual insanity fucking film, but it can't be called a feature film, right? So therefore, they decided to break it up. Plus, like if you go to their website, like they raised money for this. And this is there blood, was a Kickstarter. This is, just for our, right. our, just to clarify, this is Blood Machines. We're not talking about Critters anymore. This is the blood oh yeah yeah the Blood Machines the movie yeah that we're talking about. Right. Like they they had a Kickstarter for this. They had to you know 
it, so maybe that had something to do with it. I don't I don't really know. Right. But yeah. somebody who is probably smarter than us said break this up into three parts because and you know what it's pretty fucking heavy dude like it's a heavy fucking duty thing and it's something that you have to think about definitely so i think like for the maybe the major maybe they were like you know what i don't know if people can handle 50 minutes of this right now let's break it up that might be that might be it but i really think because like i was saying with the critters uh series which is not cerebral which is not uh, which is just nonsense. I mean, it's just silly little puppet monsters. It's not. Uh, it's not something where you have to really sit and process it. Um, I really think it's just this this thing, like where there's like these micro shows now, uh, and I think that that's gotten into Shutter as well. You know, for a while it was like you know, like like you had these Adult Swim shows. I think might have been the ones that were really the impetus for this with shows like uh, Metalocalypse and stuff. Good show, but the shows are only fifteen minutes long. Yeah, well, that well, yeah. Adult Swim's been doing that, like, no offense, for 20 years. Right, yeah, that's, that's 2000. what I'm saying. Like, no, like, you're talking time. about Aqua Teen, like, those have all been 15-minute shows. No, I, I, that's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. It's like, but, it, but it was, like, on television, though, not, like, uh, where right. you could select it type of right, thing. Right, but, the, but that's, my, that's my point, is they've been doing this for a long time. I think they were the impetus of this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, it's just, a, I don't know, it's just a, a weird trend that I've noticed where, like, there's these... 15 minute episodes of things. Um, but I really think there should be an option where like, okay, I could watch it broken up if you want for whatever reason, but I would love to just be able to go in and just be like, boop and just hit a button and just watch blood machines. And I have to bother with restarting the fucking thing to get through a movie. That's only 45 minutes fucking long. Like, why do I need breaks? It's not like watching the fucking Godfather or something, you know, but another thing, like I could have done with 30 more minutes of that and not, been upset about it oh no totally i could do with a longer version of it but you know like it, the in-betweens it, it is what it is and i like that i like that it makes you think about where because you're kind of thrust into a lot of what's happening in that movie yeah. and you have to disseminate like okay what are these characters like what's fucking happening and it makes you think about what the relationships are and it actually makes you think about it after you watch it you have to like think about what you just watched definitely which is not something that happens in most of the things that you watch today particularly friday the 13th part five with roy (laughs) which i fucking love but it's no it's not like this you know this is something that will and 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 i encourage anybody that goes out to watch this watch that turbo what the fuck i have it written down turbo Turbo. watch that turbo kill video first Watch it first because the, you know that chick that's in the the that's in that video. She's yeah, yeah, yeah. she's no. Mina in that no, movie. No, I know. Absolutely, yeah. You're absolutely right. It, it really ties together when you watch those. So, well, it it does and it doesn't. Like like you can tell that that's her and the whole like you know glowing upside down cross and all of that. But as far as a story goes, it doesn't necessarily make sense of where it picks up. In blood machines. Well, you have to suspend your disbelief. Well, no, I'm. I, I, I say <laughs> you have to sit there and just be like, oh, whatever. But like, not so much a suspension of disbelief. It's just kind of trying to put the pieces together and make it make sense. Um, but I mean, I suppose it's an interpretive thing. It's kind of like watching some of David Lynch's later films, where it's interpretive rather than a clear narrative. No, um, absolutely, because that, especially at the end of that video, like everyone's driving up that. There's a bunch of cars that are driving yeah. up a, uh, 
I don't know, a road that keeps getting steeper and steeper and everyone else falls off. But yeah, but her who's in the movie. Right. So I don't know. Like, I, I thought that was kind of cool. I, I liked it a lot. No, I really I liked too. it. No, it's excellent. And, and, I, and I love Carpenter Brute. And uh, shouts out to Gravely Unusual, who uh, actually turned me on to that. But yeah, I don't remember how I how I even heard of Carpenter Brute. I really don't. But I know it was at least six or is seven. it one guy or a group or what? No, I believe it's a group. I believe it's at least two guys, kind of like um, uh, uh, Dance with uh, Dance with the Dead, Dust um, Brothers, or a, yeah, yeah, something um, like that. But yeah, I mean, I may be totally wrong. It may be one guy, it may be one girl. I don't, I don't really know. But um, something like the vital it, social issues and stuff with it's, it's, it is, it is. <laughs> but all I know is I love them, dude. I, I really do like. I do. I really like Carpenter Brute stuff a lot. Me too. Um, yeah, I, would, they, I would like to, and I would like to meet Roy at a convention. Um, I, I really. To. Apparently, he's done it. Apparently, he's done. I it. know. No, he's out there. Yeah, yeah. He's out there doing conventions. The actor yeah. Roy and I would. Because we both have Roy masks. We do. And one of my favorite moments ever at a convention is when we were at Days oh, of the Dead in, uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina. In, in 2019. And there was a, a, a fan in cosplay as Roy. Very specifically as Roy. And for those, uh, those who may not know, every Jason, including Roy, looks a little bit different. There are various stages of decay. There are various stages of the mask. The mask alone, the mask alone uh, uh, gives it away. Like the, the, the hockey mask wasn't, uh, 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 wasn't put into play until part three. And in part four, it got the, the, the hatchet scar in it. And in part five, the one we're talking about with Roy, not only does it not have that scar, but it also has uh, blue. A blue, blue paint on it as opposed to the, the conventional red. Uh, so um, this guy, this cosplayer, was wearing the blue mask. Now... Funny enough, uh, John Wayne already had a mask uh, of Roy, of the, the blue mask. And I was super jealous, so, or, or envious, I should say. I was super envious, and there was a, a guy at the, at the convention who was selling masks that's, that he made himself. That's uh, where I got it from. That's my man, Rick, from 13X Studios. 13X Studios, thank you. Yeah, and so I got it for that. I went over and bought a mask from him as well of the Roy mask. And we took pe pictures together of it. Uh, John Wayne and I, and it was Dude, really Okay, first of all, like, let's back back up a second. Like, uh, I think I was talking, to, I was talking to somebody or something, and then you, you shouted out, John Wayne, it's Roy. And I yes. looked, and I saw Roy, and it might as well have been the Beatles. It really I, like, pushed they, somebody down, and I was like, Roy! We lost our minds. We, like, dude, when lost we, our saw... mind. we grabbed our masks. We got pictures. Yeah. But like it wasn't only that he was like walking around with like a jumpsuit and the mask on. Yeah, like he had the fun. he had he had the because Roy gets stabbed with a pitchfork and he had the pitchfork wounds and then he had the Roy, wounds. He, yep. Roy Roy gets hit with a, a chainsaw in his shoulder. He had the chainsaw wound yep. and he took pictures with us and shit. And he like said to me, he's like yeah, man, I don't think Roy really gets the respect he deserves when we were, like, yeah. arm-taking arm pictures. And then yeah. he, like, hit me up afterwards, and we, like, messaged each other on Facebook and shit. Like, yeah, we're no, Roy. Was, we're Roy's was, boys, dude. We're Roy's boys. That's Roy's boys. Yeah, dude, that guy totally gets it, man. And, like, like it was fantastic to see someone in cosplay as Roy and truly get it. And I'll never forget, 
um, I think it was at the same con. It might have been another one. You and I have done so many together. Like, we basically just heckled Jasons, like, beyond that. With, like, anyone who was, like, regular-ass Jason, like, you were, like, Roy forever, Jason yeah. never. And, like, we were just, like, fuck you, Jason, you suck. Yeah, it might have been that one. It might have been everyone. Because I, I call out Jason. Yeah. I call out Jason all the time. Because, you yeah. know what, fuck him. You know what? Like, look, look, this is what's on my desk. Oh, shit. See what color paint those who, is on that those map? can't see at home, he's got a Roy, um, what are they called, Pops? Funko Pop. Yeah, a Pop. Funko, Funko Pop. This Funko is Roy. Pop. Yeah. All right. Oh, I don't have a Jason. I have a Roy. God damn it. Roy forever, dude. Jason. Roy forever. Everybody. Well, on that happy note, I think... Uh, I think this will bring this episode, episode two, of uh, vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne to a, a close. One. This is a long one too. That's what she said. That's why I think we should shut the fuck up. I think people probably have stopped listening by now. But if they haven't, we love you. Know. Appreciate you. I don't know. I think people might like it. Yeah, I think we lost them like at it. Roy. I think I think we lost them at Roy. <laughs> I. You know what? Well, that's, that's like, fine. That's a very that's a very uh, polarizing issue. I it think it really like, is. It, is. it I, really I, is. Half of our fans were like, "I'm out," you know. <laughs> well, I mean, they fuck well, them. Yeah. They're probably <laughs> probably <laughs> writing books I mean, about tattoos. Like, like, they don't have tattoos. Like Jason, Jason and Roy, it's like it's like Hillary and Trump or something. It's just like it's like there's so much hate. Whoa, dude! What? what Wait, wait, there's, wait, wait, wait. There's like so much yeah. hate on either side. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's like there's so much hate on either side. It's like it's like Red Sox versus Yankees or something. But the Roy camp isn't as hateful. The yeah, Roy yeah. camp accepts Jason and even loves Jason. I know I do. But yeah, the people well, who love well, Jason, they fucking hate Roy, dude. They that's hate true. Roy. I love Jason, but I really think that after part five, it should have been Roy. I yeah. think we would have had a lot different outcome of how the series ended. I think that in, in Freddy versus Jason, Freddy versus Roy would have <laughs> been a little bit different if if it would have been a huge hit. If with memory serves me correct, <laughs> so that would have failed so hard, dude. It would have been. It would have been. It an just went with Roy after that. Oh like, God damn it! Like, like it would kill it. It would kill it. Uh, I think so. I love Roy, and I love you. So uh, what, do, we, uh, do we end this one? We're, we're done. We're done or what? I think we're done. Uh, tune in next week. The show is on every Thursday. Every Thursday. Uh, with with John Wayne, Kaminali, and Christopher Triana uh, getting stoned and getting drunk and talking about whatever we goddamn feel like. None of it's serious. Always fun and always, always fun. free to listen to. Free. And uh, you can go to it. It's actually on johnwayneisdead.com. Uh, right now hosted if you want to listen to the website but it is it is going out across all of your podcast listening devices right now as well so uh subscribe please because we need to see uh that we're validated in some way i'm sure yeah we do uh so all right uh thanks thank, thank you. you my friend and we'll see you all next week thanks troy <laughs>